Welcome to the Licensing Podcast, where we take what may seem like the extremely boring and try to make it a little less boring. Each episode is geared towards a story to help provide you with some of the background of where these topics come from, why they work the way they work, and what you can do about it on your test. We're going to provide a lot of realism. Unfortunately, you can only provide so much fun. Welcome back for today's episode. On today's session, we're going to be talking about junk bonds and credit ratings. Now, uh, from the test perspective, I think the credit rating thing is the thing that's most important, but the story is going to revolve around the junk bonds, so that's why I'm setting it up this way. To get our context then, let's focus on those credit ratings. A credit rating is something that we're typically really going to, on the test, focus on from the bond world. So bonds have credit risk. And by definition, the material tells you that credit risk is the risk measured in an alphabetical way of determining how likely it is your bond is going to default, which as a bondholder is the real thing you're worried about, right? This is a promise to pay. I, the company, have promised to pay you money. If I don't exist three years from now, then I certainly can't pay you money every year for the next 30 years or however long you bought that bond, right? So that's the thing that you're most worried about is that I'll go out of business because then your uh, IOU becomes worthless. So the credit rating agencies keep track of how likely it is you're going to default. If it's extremely likely that you're going to fail, then you have a speculative grade or what we sometimes call junk bond. So these are things like C and uh, double B kind of bonds. If you work for a company or your bonds are represented by a company that's extremely likely to pay, and this thing is the gold standard in paying back over time, then you're more likely to get something like a single A or a triple A rating. And those are what we will call the investment grade bonds. Again, from the test perspective, some of the questions might even revolve around just, you know, what's that line? So triple A is the best. Triple B is the lowest of the best. It's still investment grade. Double B is the first or best of the junky speculative bonds. And then it goes all the way down. Uh, single C is something you totally could see. Some people really believe in a D. I'm not going to make a big deal about C or D bonds. Just know that if you see a C or a D, we're talking junk. So that's where the vocabulary comes from. A speculative bond is likely to default, and that's why it's considered junk. So the question then becomes who invests in these bonds and why? Well, it it all goes back to just the reality that this is a investment trade-off. There are people out there who have a lot of money at their disposal who can throw a little money at some riskier stuff. I want to be quote-unquote safe in the bond world, but I'm willing to take a lot of risk in that bond world. So give me a high-yield bond. A lot of risk, lots of potential for return. And the risk being that if the company goes out of business, you're not getting your thousand back and you're no longer getting that really, really high yield. If that scares me, if I, if I want to be conservative, so I'm in the bond world and I want to be the conservative of the conservative, then of course I got to go with something like a government treasury or a AAA corporate. But the swing can be pretty vast. You can be in environments where the safest AAA stuff out there is four and 5%. Whereas the junkiest of the junk yield stuff is up around 10, 13%. So that's where the temptation comes from. You want $40 a year or do you want $150 a year? I mean, every year over 30 years, that's a pretty big swing. The real concern becomes, you know, well, what you're getting $150 for the first couple of years, but then the company goes bankrupt and now you're not getting anything and you didn't even make your $1,000 back. So that's the testable perspective around the credit rating side of things. Uh, The story is kind of an interesting one around the 1980s, and it even wraps together with the insider trading rule. 
The story is about a man named Michael Milken. The news will end up branding this guy as the junk bond king. In the 70s and 80s, he's an investment trader, and he trades a lot of things like stocks, but obviously the thing he focuses on is junk bonds. The facts are that in the 70s and 80s, he'll make millions, if not billions of dollars trading these junk bonds. In the late 80s and early 90s, he'll plead guilty to a lot of plea deals involving felony counts of racketeering, potentially insider trading, fraud, all those big dirty words. And then when he gets out of jail three years later, he'll spend the rest of his billions of dollars in money on good work projects. He pumps a lot of research into cancer institutes and hospitals and things like that. So like all good stories, he's got people who love him and he's got people who hate him. We're going to focus on that earlier part of the story, not because I like to focus on the negative, but simply because he fits in with our junk bond theme. So as again, the junk bond is getting a really high yield, and the only thing that really scares you is when is it going to default or is it going to default? Seems like a pretty simple solve, right? I'll buy a bunch of junk bonds. I'll feed myself off of that high yield for years and years and years. And all I've really got to do is figure out when the company's going to go bankrupt and I'll just get out the day before, right? That's the solve. The hard part being who knows when it's going to default. Well, the CEOs know when it's going to default. The insider trading law says that you have directors, you have officers, and you have 10% shareholders. So we call those dots. The dots know this stuff, and they're not allowed to trade on this stuff. So if I just go talk to the dots, they'll know when the company's going to go bankrupt. Uh, well, that's going to get me in trouble with the insider trading rule. So in the late 80s, this guy named Ivan Boski shows up, and he says, you know what I've been doing for Michael in the shadows is I go to the friends of the dots. So I don't go to the CEO. I go to the wife, or I don't go to the director. I go to the friend of the director who he has drinks with after hours. And I just ask them the question that we want to ask the dot. Are you going bankrupt tomorrow? Are you going bankrupt tomorrow? And Michael's been doing a lot of these deals where he's selling out of these bonds weeks or only days before some of these companies go bankrupt. That's the problem. And that's what begins this whole investigation around our junk bond king. And the SEC couldn't nail him with a couple of things, but uh, the Justice Department did a lot better job on the racketeering side of things. He had a couple of limited partnerships on the side that ended up looking a lot like he was doing some self-serving deals. And that's why I ended up getting disbarred from the SEC. So to summarize, when we're talking about credit ratings, we're really just talking about credit risk, and that is the risk at which it's likely that your bond is going to default or said another way, your company's going to go out of business. If you have a AAA rating, you're probably not going to default, so your interest payments are going to be low because you're safe. If you're highly likely to default, you've got a junk bond, the rate is going to be high to reflect that inflated risk. So from a suitability standpoint, if you're being told that you have an extremely conservative investor, bonds might sound like the good idea. But if he's really extremely conservative, you want the bonds that are high credit rating or said another way, low yield. If he's particularly conservative for bonds, but he's risky in the bond world, then you're more likely to give him something in the junk bond category. Thanks again for your time, and I'll see you next session.